I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual. I am Liam at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And as usual on Tuesdays, I am joined by Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter. Rich, how are you doing? How did your week five treat you? And how was your weekend? I'm very good, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, really, really good week from that fancy perspective. Um, but people don't want to hear me talk about my fancy leagues. They want to hear you talk about... The London game, Liam. Don't try and think that you're getting away from it. So how was it? It was good. Um, it was an incredible atmosphere. I won't go into too much detail, but um, there were a lot more Packers fans than Giant fans in the stadium by the looks of it. A lot of green jerseys, a lot of cheese heads, um, a lot more noise from the Giants, uh, from the Packers fans from where I was sat at least until the fourth quarter. And then the Giants fans dotted around, decided to pipe up just as Jack has here, which is <laughs> loving this. Um, for those that don't know, Jack's a Giants fan, and I had a picture with him after the game um, where he was on top of the world and loving life, which from the stories, he wasn't doing in the first half where the Packers were 17 or 23 up by half. So 
No, we take um, score at halftime, Liam. It only matters at the end no, of the I game. No, I know. I know. And I was sat there in my Randall Cobb jersey feeling pretty smug in the first half with him having a great game. Um, but yeah, just all went downhill from there. The big question that everybody wants to know, Liam, is how do you feel five weeks into the season having the same record as the Jets? Awful. <laughs> it, it hurts. It genuinely hurts. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure before the season, I was talking the Jets up um, about having, I think it was seven wins this season, I said. And you, I vaguely remember a message from you saying, no, there's no way we get seven wins this season. I've been a Jets fan for 20 years, Liam. I know that the um, <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. So, yeah, look. I think I've there were there were plenty of credible sites, should we say, that were predicting the Jets would go 0 and 8 to start the season and then win some games back end. So yeah, let's let's enjoy. But anyway, enough enough about your terrible Packers um losing again. Um let's should we, should we dive into uh into this week's content? Of course, yes. So um as usual, we will start with the highest scorers of the week. Um for this segment, we always use four points for touchdowns and uh, for the quarterbacks, that is, and then PPR for every other position. Um, we've got Josh Allen with 36 points, um, an absolutely great game. I don't know whether you saw that camera angle, Rich, of uh, Josh Allen throwing the um, long touchdown in his own end zone to... Disgusting. Um, yeah, to Gabe Davis, I think it was. But did you see that camera angle of behind the end zone? As you can see, that oh, I'll I'll send it Josh, you later. But Josh Allen, I just want to say, awful. Josh Allen's arm is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that you've got two kickers that are struggling to kick the ball in the wind, you've got you know Kenny Pickett who was struggling to throw the ball downfield in the wind, and then you've got Josh Allen who's just pinging out forty-yard laser beams as if there's no wind at all. It's just. His arm talent is an incredible throw. His ability to throw the ball in bad weather is just like nothing I've ever seen. It is obscene. Um, speaking of good arm talent, I mean, well, elite arm talent, you've got Patrick Mahomes came in as QB2 this week at 30 points, just over. And Jalen Hurts with 27.7. So, Hurts, things start to this season. Um, I'm pretty sure exceeding everyone's expectations in terms of a dynasty angle because he's absolutely showing out right now rich yeah he's, he's been incredible um you know we talked about it didn't we a couple of weeks ago about him now being a top five dynasty qb and he's he's that now in uh, dlf october adp um and i mean he's he's getting to a point now is he is he ticking ahead of herbert i think it's it's, it's getting into that conversation range isn't it Definitely. I, I'm definitely having those conversations with myself when I'm coming to uh, my rankings for the year um, when I try and adjust. So moving over to the running back position, Rich, we've got Leonard Fournette um, and an unlikely tie. Um, we don't normally get ties in the highest scorers, but Leonard Fournette and Austin Eckler both had 35.9 fantasy points. So that both technically running back one on the week. Um, Rich, I mean, these two, 
had I think both of them had a slow start and then have kind of kicked in. But speaking of that slow starts, Josh Jacobs is finally getting those touches and getting the usage we want to see. I mean, we spoke about it a few weeks ago when he had the absolutely monster game. Now, Rich, he's back in the top three with a 30-point um, game yet again. What do you foresee as um, Josh Jacobs' dynasty value and outlook from now on? I'll be honest, I do not have a clue. I hold my hands up. I've got Josh Jacobs very wrong this year. Um, I, think I thought he was. Did. I thought he was a you know a, a don't touch. I think most people were were of that opinion. We he had that one good game the other week, and I sat here and said he's a must sell. I think get rid of him now before the price plummets. And he, here he is again producing. Um, I still I still think that he's probably a sell. I, I don't, I'm certainly not going out and buying him off the back of that, but. It is interesting, isn't it? We do this sometimes where everybody is so out on a player that their value drops to a point where perhaps we should have seen him as a, a value. And the thing that I think has buoyed his production, I don't know if you've watched a game from last night, was his ability I mean, yeah. to be used in the passing game is something that he's not never really utilised in over the past few years. We talked about you know, whether it was going to be Brandon Bolden or Zamir White this year. And, and it's it's Josh Jacobs is getting that full three-down workload. And that's the reason that he's producing these elite fancy performances. Um, So, yeah, may, maybe if this keeps up, he could be a sneaky little buy to help you for the playoff run. Do I feel confident that he's the good buy? No. <laughs> Am I advising people to go out and buy him? No. But, you know, if if you've got that conviction, if you want to take that risk the rewards could be massive because, you know, as I said, hold my hands up. I got this one very, very wrong. Yeah. So in the past two, uh, in the past three weeks, he's had five, uh, five targets and five or at least five targets and five receptions in all three of those games. Prior to that, he had one target and one reception in each of the first two games. And we know that he wasn't really used like this in uh, John Gruden's scheme. And I think a lot of people coming into this, uh, into this year with Josh McDaniel coming into the uh, or Josh McDaniels coming into this offense um, as the head coach, I think a lot of people that kind of expected a running back by committee approach, kind of like what he saw or what we've always seen in New England from from where um, Josh McDaniels has come from. So the thought process was definitely there. Um, I've always liked Josh Jacobs as being able to do this but he's just never had the opportunity. And I'm not saying that I called this because I was very out on him during this season as well for those reasons that I listed. But um, yeah, he's proven everyone wrong that kind of doubted him right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. So at the wide receiver position, we did just mention the play um, from Josh Allen and his receiver on that play was Gabe Davis. Gabriel Davis scored 32 points as the wide receiver one on this week. We then had some usual names, some um, common names that we see in the top three at this position. So Justin Jefferson with just over 30 points and Devontae Adams on um, on Monday Night Football, another Raider scoring 27 points rich. Um, Devontae Adams, I mean, there was a little controversy at the end of the game, after the game. Uh, I'm sure we don't want to talk about that on the pod too much because we're a fancy pod, but playing-wise... 
Um, he's seeing the targets. We we had that week two um, lull where they seem to not be able to get the ball, the Raiders. So do you foresee Adams just being force-fed the ball now after that one week of obviously being proven wrong? I think the, the Darren Waller injury is probably going to impact this quite heavily. You know, Darren Waller obviously went down. We didn't really see any yeah. any work at all yesterday. And... Devontae Adams finally got the the volume and and the areas of targets. You know, he's getting targets on third downs. He obviously caught that fourth and one for a touchdown that, yeah. you know, credit, credit to Derek Carr. That was a ballsy throw. Um, but yeah, I, this is the Devontae Adams that we were hoping and expected at the beginning of the season. That little shove is, is interesting, though, because there are some reports today that it's being considered by the NFL that they they could potentially fine him and suspend him potentially yeah. so you know if Waller's out and Devontae Adams is um is suspended it could be a fantastic week for Hunter Renfro but um yeah for sure let, let, let's see how it plays out over the, the coming days moving over to the tight end position um I'm sure everyone kind of expected the tight end one on the week to be Taysom Hill with 34 points being used in every way that he could be used possible. He had a throwing um, attempt. I believe it was a catch. I can't remember whether it was for a touchdown, but he had four total touchdowns in this game. He had 34 points. Um, Rich Taysom Hill is basically a gadget guy that doesn't really fit into a position. I've always advocated him as a tight end because that's where his position is. Um I mean, when he was listed as a quarterback, then he should have been a quarterback. But now he's a tight end. I'm still on that he's a tight end position, but he's rushing the ball. He's throwing the ball. Um, returning kicks. He's, he's, he's returning kicks. Yeah, he's, he's doing everything right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mad, isn't it? Look, I've heard lots of arguments about how he's only seen one target, so he should be listed as a running back or... He's plays more snaps at quarterback than any other position, so he should be quarterback. Look, he's it's never gonna work whatever position you give him. Tight end is fine. Look, if you've if you had the balls to start Taysom Hill, fair play to you. Um yeah, I'm I'm not sure I, I would have, and I certainly didn't anywhere. Um look, he's he's an oddity. He has weeks where, you know, he ha- he's done this throughout his career. He has weeks where it just works. He puts up Fantastic production, scores a couple of touchdowns, yeah. and then the next two weeks he'll probably do nothing. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I'm still not rostering him. I'm still certainly not touching him. If if you want to go out and try and play the you know Taysom Hill lottery of when he'll have a good week, then by all means go for it. He's probably one of those guys that looks great on a best ball roster, but trying to predict when that spike week's going to come, I certainly have no clue. And then the tight end two and tight end three this week, you don't have to predict the spike weeks because they are very, very consistent. And that's Travis Kelsey with 33.5 points and then Mark Andrews with nearly 23 points. So great games for both of those. What's interesting about Travis Kelsey is, again, he had, um, I believe it was four touchdowns um, or three touchdowns. I can't remember now off the top of my head, but... Um, he only had like 25 yards pass, oh, in the air, Rich. So um, he had a good touchdown uh, percentage week, at least. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the significant news then, Rich. Um, 
to start off, we've got Damian Harris of the New York uh, New England Patriots. Sorry, he's had a uh, hamstring injury. He came out of the game. Uh, he's potentially out for a few weeks. Um, so this is a, a big injury, and it opens up the field for Ramondre Stevenson, Rich. Yeah, I mean, look, every everybody's hyping up Ramondre. Everybody's saying it's you know it's going to be his opportunity to to take over the backfield. Yes, I'd I'd love to say that that's going to be the case. I just worry that you know we talk about Bill Belichick. He's always had. I think it's only really Corey Dillon, I want to say off the top of my head, that has had that pure running back one workload. It's always been a, a backfield by committee. They've obviously drafted Pierre Strong. They've obviously drafted Kevin Harris. There's potentially JJ Taylor floating around. I wouldn't be shocked if, while everybody's hyping up Ramondre Stevenson, we still see this as a backfield by committee and we're going to see one of those other backs get some work moving forward. And and hopefully this is a kind of a hint of what's to come next year because I think Damien Harris is, is out the door at the end of the year. We've seen it um, in past years. I mean, when Sony Michel was injured, there was never really a takeover by anyone else. Same with James White when he was injured. There was, again, never um, a, a takeover in that backfield. So it was it's always been a committee regardless of who's been injured and who's playing. So I'm with you. I don't think that this is going to be Ramondre Stevenson's backfield for volume, but I think he is the best start out of everyone. Um, and I don't think anyone's really going to be questioning or arguing that point. James Connor moving on. Um, he had a rib injury. So just something to monitor because during the, during this week, he still could play, but just monitor those practices because if he has a few um, no practices, then it means that he's most likely not going to play this season or this week, Rich. Yeah, so they've they've been um, working out Corey Clement apparently today. Um, obviously, Daryl Williams left the game with an injury as well. So if both of those can't go, Eno Benjamin suddenly a, a nice starter. Um, the fact that they're working out Corey Clement today makes me worry about either James Connor or Darrell Williams. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't feel confident about James Connor this week, certainly. Um, another one that left the game, that's T Higgins of the Bengals. So he potentially has a high ankle sprain. Um, no one, there's no real news on this. This is kind of a bit of a speculative thing, but um, I've seen a bit of speculation that he does have a high ankle sprain and he may miss some time. Um he just had limited opportunities on the field and um, a little bit of an injury last week. Then you've got Rashad Penny, who can't shake this um, injury bug thing. Unfortunately, he fractured his tibia and therefore he's going to be out for the season after some season-ending uh, surgery. So, Rich, just it's a shame because he's been doing pretty well this, this year. He's been holding down that. Um, I suppose running back one role in Seattle. He's not he's not been lighting the world on fire like the end of last season in that small sample size, but he's been doing pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's horrible to see, isn't it? It's, it's nothing, nothing good can be said about it at all. It's it's exactly. pretty grim. Um, just to let you know, the Cardinals have officially just signed Corey Clement. So there you go. There's right. there's, there's serious concern about Connor or Darrell Williams. I'm not sure which. 
that's not bad timing. No, not bad timing. Some news to drop. Um, and then I've kind of lumped these guys together, Rich, because it's Pat Frymuth, Chris Olave, Teddy Bridgewater, and Isaiah McKenzie have all left the games this week with concussions. The reason I've done this and lumped them together is obviously the same injury, but the NFL has put an emphasis on um, on concussions since the tour situation a few weeks ago. Um, so it's just some people to monitor, especially with this new concussion protocol and stuff, that um, maybe they get held out just as a bit of an extra safety precaution this week. Um, but yeah, if you're watching the games and you see what like looks to be a concussion, then they're pro- most likely going to get pulled from the game now um, from those situations. And then um, last bit of news really is the bye weeks. So the bye weeks are here. Uh, get ready. You've got to get those depth charts. Um, You've got to get your fancy depth charts ready because... Um, the Lions, the Titans, the Texans, and the Raiders um, are all on by this week, so there will be no games from them. So if you've got guys like Amon Ross and Brown, Derek Henry, uh, Brandon Cooks, Damian Pierce, someone like that, um, and two of the guys that we spoke about in the highest scorers of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, they will be playing, so make sure you get those um, depth pieces in there. And then, Rich, a bit of feel-good news. Uh, you Brian Robinson came back. I know I've mentioned it for the past two weeks, but I wanted to mention it this week because he got the bulk of the carries over Antonio Gibson in his first week back. He wasn't very efficient. He, I believe he got nine carries for about 22 yards. So not very efficient whatsoever. But I think that workload kind of points to something that I've been saying all season that once um, Brian Robinson is back, then we're going to see Antonio Gibson's workload drop. I just didn't think it was going to be like this. I thought it was going to be more of a 50-50 split between those two. Um, or maybe a 40-40 split and then having McKissick pick up some passing down work. Yeah, it's amazing to see. Um, certainly a situation to monitor over the the coming weeks, isn't it? Um, but yeah, to see that sort of workload in his first game back is uh, mightily impressive. So... Rich, let's move on to the Dynasty stock market. Um, who have you got as uh, your first riser so far from the week five action? So first riser, Damian Pierce. Um, again, it feels like I'm admitting this a lot, but yeah, re- really, really wrong on this. I thought that a guy that couldn't basically couldn't carve out a full workload at Florida wasn't going to be able to do it in the NFL and, you know, hold my hands up. He's been fantastic. Um so yeah, his his price is is certainly creeping up. I think borderline top twelve dynasty running back right now. Um, I think really, yeah. I I also think that people aren't talking about this yet, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. But he has got a fantastic stretch of games for the playoffs. Uh, so could be the type of guy that's a league winner and and gets massively buoyed in terms of his fantasy value once we get to that point of the season. Yeah, I'm just looking at his fancy matchups at the moment. He's got um, the Giants in Week 10, the Commanders in Week 11, the Dolphins, which is a good matchup in Week 12. Again, with Browns, they've given up a lot of fancy points to running backs this season in Week 13. 
Cowboys, which is meant to be a tough matchup in four, week 14. Kansas City in week 15. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like um, the Texans might get down early in that game and may not be able to run it as much. Tennessee, which is a tough matchup in week 16. But week 17, he's got Jacksonville. And that's that's a matchup to look at because he, he just had 99 yards um, on the ground and a touchdown with three receptions for 14 yards, um, which put him at 20 points this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So definitely something to look at there. What I find interesting, Rich, um, about Damian Pierce is he scored a touchdown in the last three um, games. Does that affect the way that you look at him? Because I know that a lot of people say touchdowns aren't sticky and that's not to take away from touchdowns. But if he's scoring touchdowns in all three of these games, it makes those games look a little bit different if he doesn't. Um, The one thing that I like about his new usage or or his newfound um, breakout, I suppose, is that he had six targets in week four and then five targets in the week prior, just gone week five. So he's found that passing game work. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the massive uptick, isn't it? Is that the biggest question about him was his passing game usage. Um, so the fact that he's, you know, already got that off um, Rex Burkhead and he's starting to be used in the passing game, I think that's a, a massive uptick. Um, I mean, you, you talk about his touchdowns. I, I'm not concerned because it's not an outrageous touchdown rate. Um, I'm just trying to have a look at it now. Um, yeah, so he's at 3.5% touchdown rate, which is less than DeAndre Swift, less than Dalvin Cook, less than Tony Pollard, less than Derek Henry, less than Austin Eckler. So it's not like he's scoring an obscene amount of touchdowns for the volume of touches that he's getting. So, no, I'm, I'm not concerned at how many touchdowns he scored in those past three weeks. Who have you got as um, your next your next riser, Rich? So next guy up is the Gino Coaster. Um, <laughs> look, I like any, that. Any player that at the quarterback position in Superflex League that is established long term starter, okay, and by that I mean, i.e., they're going to start next year. In my opinion, is worth a first round pick. We're now getting to the position where Gino Smith in my eyes, is going to be the starter next year in Seattle. Is that so, you saying that Gino is now a first-round? That's my question pick? to you, is that do you think... I certainly... That's would be spicy. Happy, I'm happy paying two seconds for Gino Smith right now. That's where I'm at. I'm... Put it this way. If someone offered me a first for Gino Smith... I'd have to seriously think about it if I'm selling. It depends in what situation. So if I'm contending, yes, I would think about it. If I was rebuilding and I had Gino, then I think that's a smash except. I'm with you on his value is probably about two seconds right now, um, regardless of which way you are, because he does have that upside of starting next year. But at the same time, I think if I get offered a first for him, regardless of the situation, I'm more leaning to accepting than declining that. 
and I think that's because I could probably pair a first with someone else, uh, a bench piece or a young player, to go and get a better quarterback with a, I say better quarterback. I mean, Gino's been doing excellent at the moment. I'm just frantically trying to scroll to him. He's currently the QB6, so... Um, but it's not empty stat. It, it's he's it's, playing fantastically. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw the throw at the weekend where he's rolling to his left and drops it in over the defender ahead yeah, of I saw safety. That. Incredible, incredible. Let's let's play a little quick game of would you rather? Okay, <laughs> would you rather Geno Smith or Jared Goff? Geno. Okay. Would you rather Geno Smith or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill because I think that Tannehill's going to have a starting job next year regardless of whether it's on the Titans or not. Okay. Would you rather Gina Smith or Carson Wentz? Gina, no question. Would you rather Gina Smith or Tom Brady? Uh, Brady. Okay. Apart from Brady, I've got Gina Smith ranked over all of those guys. He's now my QB. Frantically looks to go and see where he's. Twenty-five. Oh, I was one off. Yeah, I'll take like, that as a good. I, I really think that. Yeah, you know, if you were bold enough to go and grab Gina Smith in the off season for probably yeah. what, what we having to pay to get him a third uh, round pick, if that. You know that that one's paid off massively because he has been incredible. For sure. Rich, who have you got as your final riser? And I'm going to call you a homer for this one. Uh, look, I'm, I've, I've, <laughs> I said it as soon as he got drafted. I was terrified because I was worried the Jets were going to ruin him. I was hyping him all off-season and that he's finally producing. And, and it's Brees Hall. Yes, call, call me a homer if you like, but uh, I need it, to wind you up. He's there. And I ran a poll on Twitter saying, who's your dynasty RB1? Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, B. John Robinson or DeAndre Swift? Rather surprisingly, B. John Robinson came up first, but Brees Hall was uh, was a very close second. Um, so, yeah, look, Brees Hall, is, is he your RB1? Who would you rather, Liam, Brees Hall or Jonathan Taylor? I think I'm still leaning Jonathan Taylor. When you when I saw this in the show sheet, I genuinely had to sit there for a minute or two considering both of them. I think that Hall is my RB2 right now. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is still my one. But that being said, I think with the situation right now, with all the information we have at this moment in time, I think Hall and Jonathan Taylor are in a tier of their own. And I think that's not necessarily Hall jumping up into Jonathan Taylor's preseason tier. I think it's Jonathan Taylor coming down and there not being as much of a gap between Jonathan Taylor and what we said was the best of the rest. Yeah. Um, and Hall jumping up into into that now lower tier. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. So your fallers, Rich, who have you got? So first first faller, um, I've, I've tease my article i wrote about him in my article for this that'll be dropped tomorrow um terry mclaurin uh look, I'm, i've never been a fan of terry mclaurin it feels like i've been slate hating on him for about three years 
he, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. He's still being held up. He's the wide receiver 27 in October ADP, which is obviously just being released. He's currently the wide receiver three on his team in terms of points per game. Curtis Samuel seeing more targets. Johan Dotson seeing more high value targets. He's 27 years old. Like, I worry that this is, if you've got Terry McLaurin on your roster, I worry this is your final window because I don't think he's going to outproduce Johan Dotson moving forward. I would 100% take Johan Dotson straight up over him. Um, and I think Ooh, that's that, spicy for the dynasty community right now, Rich. Oh, it's, it's not spicy. That, that's a poll. That's that's I, a poll. I, I had it ranked that way for a little while. Um, look, I I really think that your this could be your last window to get out on Terry McLaurin because I feel like it's look, that that situation is not going to be a happy one this off season. I think that there's probably going to be another new quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked if Ron Rivera was sacked. Um, and I think that there's there's no upside in Terry McLaurin. I would much rather all of the younger guys that are in and around him in terms of value, whether that's Jahan Dotson or Jameson Williams or George Pickens or you know Gabriel Davis, Brandon Ayuk. I'd rather all of those guys because I think they've got the upside. Terry McLaurin just feels like a wide receiver three that you're having to pay like fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three prices. And it's, it's just not that interesting. So for me, if you can sell for, I mean, you can probably get a 23 first for him, to be honest, I'd sell him for less than that. Yeah. But I reckon that's about where his value is. Yeah. I think you could get a 23 first for him. Um, I sold him in one of the leagues that I've got him in um, for a pretty good deal. I can't remember fully what it was. Um, but I ended up getting Amon Ross and Brown in return. It, there, there were three pieces on either side, so it was a bit, uh, it wasn't as uneven as that. But yeah, I, I think I'm looking to get out of McLaurin wherever I've got him, which I think it's a, still a little bit too late considering what you could have got on him um, a few weeks ago when I did sell him in that one league. But I think, as you said, Rich, I hate agreeing with you too much, but it. I can't not agree with you here. It, it does feel like a, a last sell window for him, especially as we get into the off season. And he's already an, an older wide receiver in terms of dynasty, even though he's just got that second contract. I believe he's 26 turning 27. Um, so he, he's looking at that drop-off point that most people will put him at. Um, I know people might consider it or may try and turn to Cooper Cup being a, a late breakout or something. I'm not saying anyone's projecting a, a breakout like um, Cooper Cup for Terry McLaurin, but you can kind of see some similarities with their age and their, their situations. So I think that this is the last out for me. I think if I've got him anywhere, I will be trying to sell. But yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Rich. The one thing I did want to say is I don't think Rivera gets sacked this season. Um, I think he still gets one more season. I made a bet in another league because um, we were talking about this exact thing last night um, and I made a bet with two people that it, was, it wasn't going to happen and Rivera will be the commander's um, head coach going into next season. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will um, tell. And then the final faller, um, so Najee Harris which seems sacrilegious. You know, this is a guy that was the dynasty RB2 in terms of ADP. 
as little as I think two months ago. Um, but he's just not producing. So Najee Harris, here's a question for you, Liam. Najee Harris started his career with six top ten games in his first eight. Since then, he's played 14 games. How many times do you think he's finished in the top 10 running back ranks at the end of the week? You were bringing this up because it's not many, so I'm going to go with one. Okay, it's more than that, but it's two. So yeah, I was was close to saying two. The guy hasn't produced in almost a full season now, 14 games. Um, Look, yes, he's injured. Yes, the offensive line is terrible, but there's only so many excuses we can make for the guy. Jalen Warren is out out producing him in terms of if you look at efficiency stats, if you look at yards after contact, all those kind of stats, Jalen Warren is playing better than Najee Harris in a smaller sample size. And Jalen Warren is like an unheard unheard of guy that walked onto the Steelers and, and he's carving out a role. Najee Harris is a former first round pick in his second year in the league. Like, Alarm bells. I don't think you can sell Najee Harris because I feel like everybody's slating on him and trying to sell. But look, alarm bells are ringing and his value is is only going one way. Yeah, I, again, I'm with you. I'm not going to harp on much about that. But yeah, his, his value has dropped significantly. Um, Rich, let's move to the next segment. So that is player of the week. Um, who have you got for this week's player of the week? Because on the show sheet, it's blank. I'm, I'm going to out you a little bit here. I don't know yeah, who I've, it is, but I've I can see the stats. I've intentionally left it blank, Liam, because I wanted to say, if I was to say to you, this player is fifth in the NFL in target share at 31.4%. He's third in the NFL in yards per route run at 3.1%. He is seventh in the NFL in targets per route run at 32%. And he's the wide receiver eight in points per game. If I was to then say to you that I reckon you can go and buy this guy for a second round pick right now, would you have any guesses who that would be? For a second? My first thought was it was someone like Josh Reynolds or Corey Davis, maybe, was my next thought. But I think no. they're a, a lot lower the than worst, a second. The worst right one, worst receiver one on his team. And he's elite in terms of the target share he's seeing, his efficiency stats, and he's putting up the points in terms of fantasy. Is this, going, is this going to be like an MVS segment no. or something? No, no, no. no. It's, it's Jacoby Myers. Okay, yeah, I see that. He's coming off eight targets, seven receptions, a touchdown, 111 yards. The guy's producing, and this offensive sputtering, it's been very run-heavy, but he's still seeing that significant a target share that he's producing. If we see an uptick in terms of passing volume, that's only going to result in good things for Jacoby Myers. I really think that he's that nobody's talking about Jacoby Myers right now. And I think that you can go and sneak him off. I've had a conversation with a few of my patrons today and and they've gone out and bought him. One guy's bought him for two thirds. One guy's bought him for a third. That's incredible. A, dev, a Devi third and a Devi fifth. So de- we were talking depleted there. Yeah, depleted. I, yeah. I really That's think incredible. that you can go out and buy Jacoby Myers on the cheap right now. And I mean, the production's there. Is it going to continue? Who knows? But as I said, you've got a guy that is 
wide receiver eight in points per game and has got the underlying stats to to back it up, and you can go and get him dirt cheap. So yeah, Jacoby Myers, I think, is a is a screaming buy right now. I love that. Especially if you can get him for two thirds a third. I don't think after this week you can because he had a um, hundred plus yards and a touchdown uh, with Bailey Zappi of court at quarterback. I mean, we we know that Bill Belichick is a great coach and he'll always coach up his quarterback, but um, I just don't think you can can go and buy him for that type of value now. Rich, a second. Are you happy going to pay a second, especially on a contender? I I would be sending out offers right now if i'm listening i bought two shares today one of them was for a 2023 second that's probably going to end up being quite late and then one was a 23 second and a 23 third now that's the team that's five, the the picks were from the team that was five and oh and is absolutely smashing it so they're they're definitely going to be late um but yeah I, I was very happy paying that price um i'd probably pay a mid-second so, Rich, my player on this week, um, I did have Damien Pierce in here, but then um, I realised as we were speaking in the Dynasty stock market that you had him as a riser, so I had to quickly change it in the background. Um, and that is Raheem Mostert. So he stayed on the running back train. So he had his highest carries all season this week um, with 18 um, He went for 113 yards and a touchdown. He also had three targets. Um, and a few receptions for not many yards, about 15 yards. But what I wanted to talk to you about, Rich, is Raheem Mostert coming into it. Everyone kind of thought mm, he's just been brought in because he knows the system is going to be used as maybe like the two or maybe a complementary running back, not necessarily running back one. Uh, Chase Edmonds is going to take all the volume. And over the past few weeks, we've kind of seen Chase Edmonds um, step out, step away, and kind of lose this, lose this job. I mean, to start off with, week one, everyone thought that it was going well. Um, week two, I put out a tweet saying this is the week where we see if Edmonds is for real or whether Raheem Mostert is going to um, start climbing. And apart from a, a slight lull in week three's carries. His carries have been going up and up and up all the way through the season, and he's been getting steady targets around three each game. Um, so even though he's not getting that passing game work, I think that he's still going to see a lot of work in the running game. And he's in a system that he's familiar with. He's come from, he's come from San Francisco, and he's, going, he's gone straight into uh, Kyle Shanahan Disciples' um, scheme with Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel there. So... Where what, what are you thinking about Raheem Mostert right now? Because I think if you're buying it, probably buying a little bit high, but are you comfortable doing that with how he's showing right now? I think Raheem Mostert has been, you know, every time he's been healthy in a Shanahan scheme, he's been fantastic for fantasy. However, if you're rostering him, great. Ride him till the wheels come off because I don't think you're going to be able to sell him for anything decent you know you're probably not getting a second round pick for him realistically if you are looking to go and buy him i I would advise against it because yeah he he, he's looking great yeah he's got a really nice little run of schedules over the, the next sort of three or four weeks 
but I can't recommend anyone go and buy a age 30 running back that has never really done it over any prolonged length of time and stayed healthy. I, I you know, he's he's the perfect trap where you go and buy him and he gets injured next week. So I think if you've got him, great, ride him till the wheels fall off. But I I can't advise anyone to go and buy him. If you can get him for a third or something like that, then fine, because you're basically giving up nothing. But I'm I'm not spending a second round pick on Raheem Mostert right now. If you can get him for a third or even two thirds, would you consider it? And I contender when I talk about this, this is his next seven, six okay. weeks. I'd, I'd go and buy. I'd go and buy any running back that's getting more than a fifty-five percent opportunity share for two thirds. Like, absolutely, I'd buy. I'd buy a one-week replacement for two thirds. Like, I don't value thirds as pretty much anything. So, I'd, okay, I'd then would you market. would you send a second for Moster and a third right now? No. Oh, second second for Moster and a third. Yeah. Do you think that's where his value is right now? Then. So his value value is higher than that. I'm conscious that I'm probably lower than consensus. Um, Yeah, I I don't think I. I really love these 2023 second round picks, so I don't think I could bring myself to pay that, even if I'm getting a third back. Quite frankly. So, his next games are Minnesota, so a good matchup. Pittsburgh, good matchup. Detroit Lions, great Pittsburgh's matchup. Not great. Let's be honest, Pittsburgh's not a great matchup. For fantasy points, it's a good matchup. I didn't say great, I said just Adjusted fantasy points against the running back, they're not great. Okay. Okay, we'll table that one. That's one game out of the three that I've said so far. Chicago, another as, great matchup. As I said, he's got, a great, he's got a great run of games coming up. But are, we, oh, are, you, are you convinced... Are you convinced that he's going to be healthy enough to see that Houston game? No, I'm not convinced, but I'm, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to probe with you, see <laughs> where your value is and whether that schedule kind of changes anything for you or whether your worry is still on just the health concerns. I just think if you're going and buying an age 30 running back to to get you over the top, I think it's a bad process. <laughs> I wasn't saying to get you over the top, but we'll we'll go with it. Rich Rich has put his foot down. So um let's move on to the flex off competition and it's time for a bit more gloating from me. Um <laughs> I did win last week's competition with Josh Reynolds. He went for six catches on ten targets for 92 yards in a scoreless loss uh, for the Lions. Rich, you had Woods, who I thought wasn't a bad um, pick whatsoever, but it just seems like that Titans offense doesn't want to move the ball through the air outside of throwing it to short to Derrick Henry. Um, so Woods scored about seven point uh, seven or eight fancy points last week. He did um, see thirty five percent target share. Like I got that bit right. He just didn't catch many. He just didn't produce. Yeah. Um. So, Rich, we'll start with you. Um, as you did lose, and the standings is now three and one to me. Um, who have you got as your pick for the flex off this week? Let's let's go boom bust. This could look genius next week. This could blow up in my face and be absolutely pointless. But 
the the Bears are playing the Washington whatever they're called on Thursday. I wonder how I wonder how many sighs happened as soon as you said the Bears <laughs> are playing. Yeah, exactly. I'm going Darnell Mooney. He's outside the top 36, which I think where he needs to be ranked right now because you can't trust him. Um, but all it takes is one or two balls his way. Um, Washington can't stop anyone. So, yeah, why not? Let's let's swing for the fences and go Darnell Mooney. Yeah, if his target share has gone up or his targets have gone up, his target share has gone up as well. Um, so he's had over five targets in the past three games. He had 94 yards against the Giants in week four. So he's shown that he can do it. It's just a matter of boom, bust for you. And it feels like you're swinging. You're, you're a bit on the back foot at the moment, being two scores down in this competition, just to rub it in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it feels like you're, you're targeting the Washington Commanders after a bad first few weeks, giving up a lot of points to the wide receiver position. Is that a... Uh, a trend that I need to look out for next week? Well, they're 31st in adjusted fantasy points against. So, yeah, that's that's, that's it's, it's hard not to target them, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, looking at week seven, they play the Packers. So there's a few wide receivers we could pick next uh, that week. So just to disappoint be another trend. Just to disappoint, yeah. But... Talking about disappointing me, AJ Dillon, unfortunately, only had six carries last week, and that is who I'm picking this week. Um, he, Yeah, I, I put that on the show sheet just so you, you could say it. Um, when I first looked at the uh, week six rankings in ECR, the uh, AJ Dillon was inside the top 24 running back. So um, for those that don't know, the rules for this competition is where we can't pick inside the top 36 wide receivers, top 24 running backs, top 12 tight ends um, for this week in Fantasy Pros ECR, which is the expert consensus rankings. And because it's only the flex off, not the super flex off, there's no quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, coming back to AJ Dillon, he was outside or he's inside the top 24. And then just before the show, Rich decided to have another look um, and scrape out Darnell Mooney, who had slipped down a little bit. And when I looked back at the running backs, AJ Dillon had slipped out of the top 24, so I snapped him up. Um, Matt LaFleur spoke about AJ Dillon only having six, tu- uh, six touches, which were all carries against the Giants, um, even though he's running really well. It was not acceptable. Um, and that was a quote. So... I can imagine AJ Dillon getting a lot more touches this week, which then also means that he's probably going to be a steady point scorer. And for another week, I am going to bet that Darnell Mooney is not a um, going to boom as Rich wants him to, and he's going to bust. And I can get my steady points and slide through um, to a three three victory lead. But Rich, we have one listener question before we go. Um, and it's quite a long one from Rob. So he's I'm not sure whether he's in a few of your leagues, Rich, but he's in a few of mine. So he's probably trying to probe for a bit of information on our rosters, maybe. But he said, or he's asked, 
as we sit now, how is the dynasty outlook for the 2022 class and how has it changed? So we may as well start there and then we can try and flow through into the other bits. But Rich, how do you see the 2022 class and how has it changed over the course of this season so far? Um, the long and short of it is, for me, it's not really changed. Um, I was pretty high on Kenny Pickett. I think I was expecting him to start quite early in the season, maybe not quite this early, yeah. but he's, he's looked as you'd expect. I think he's looked competent at times. I think he's got the tools that we expected, um, but he's having the struggles that you'd expect. Um, I think Desmond Ridder has perhaps fallen a little bit for me. I was expecting the Falcons to be a terrible team and therefore Ridder get an opportunity reasonably early. Well, he's not really had that opportunity because the Falcons are looking pretty good. So maybe he doesn't now get an opportunity at all. Um, Malik Willis is exactly the same. You know, he doesn't look ready to play in the NFL, but when he does, he's going to be, if he ever gets the chance to start, he's going to be a fantasy star because of that rushing upside. Um, and Sam Hull, I think he's still two years away from being two years away from being two years away, to be honest. I don't think he looks ready at all as much as he flashed Ouch. a couple of times in the preseason. So, yeah, I, I guess it's Kenny Pickett I'm okay with. I think he's he's still a solid QB2 type. Um, Desmond Ridder, Malik Willis, they're just lottery tickets. I, I really liked Ridder because I thought he was going to start and get opportunities to start this year. I'm, I'm feeling slightly less confident on that now. Pretty similar in these. Um, I expected Pickett to start earlier than he has and then kind of expected Ridder to start and maybe be named the starter by so yeah that's a bit of a bit of a miss for me but i'm still i'm still holding strong that it'll start before the uh, um start be named the starter by the bye week or in the bye week um i don't think mariota all year um they're just not winning the game enough close games for them to for them to to QB change there and then I think Malik Willis I'm probably a little bit higher on than you I feel like you you think that he's a bit too or a bit further away in the NFL than I do I think when he came in um, for Tannehill in that absolute blowout loss I think that just kind of didn't help him whatsoever because that offense wasn't clicking at that point I mean it's not clicking right now but that passing game hasn't been good all season I think that that's not helped Willis at all and I think the fact that the running game also wasn't working that well up until that point didn't help uh, Malik Willis whatsoever so I'm a little bit higher on him than you I'd say just from what you've said but again I don't expect Willis to start this season um, and I think Tanner Hill is either at the Titans or starting elsewhere uh, if they do want a QB change there. But Rich, out of the 2022 QBs, Rob has also asked, who would you be looking to pick up or trade away and what would the values be? So really, is there anyone there that you're looking at trying to scoop up maybe on the cheap or buy high on or um, just try and get rid of? Or is it just all kind of where it was yeah, at not really not really I'd I'd probably 
it's difficult because I think they're all kind of hold at the moment. Um, I'd probably pay a late first for Kenny Pickett. Um, I'd pay, I don't think I'd pay a second now for Desmond Ridder. So maybe two thirds for Desmond Ridder, two thirds for Malik Willis and maybe a third for Sam Howe. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think any of them are great buys as such. Um, which is I also don't think any of them are great sells either. No, and I said at the beginning of the season that I was already penciling this week five, week six time to go and buy Desmond Ridder and Malik Willis because I thought they'd both be looking like they could get the opportunity to start, and I just don't think that's going to happen now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm probably lower on Ridder and Malik Willis than I was two, three months ago. So we with. Ridder, are you pushing that that buy window back a bit more, or, or are you just kind of? Comp- My concern is is that I think if point you're not looking at buying. My concern is is that I think if he doesn't get the opportunity to start this year, I don't think he ever will, because I think that the Falcons and the volume of quarterback options that are coming into the draft next year, I think Ridder's going to get overlooked. So I think that if he if we get to week. 12 week 13 and he's he's not got the opportunity to start i think you can almost cross out his his nfl starting career which seems slightly harsh um because i think the falcons are going to find another option next year and and he's probably not in the uh, in the thoughts long term that's fair so that is all we have on the show sheet for you listeners so that is all we have on today's show um if you do want to ask us a listener question then please feel free the tweet on at five yard dynasty you can see at the bottom of the screen if you are on the stream if you're not that is at five yard dynasty or one word um that goes out every friday uh, every monday sorry at 12 p.m or noon um uk time so head over there have a look ask us a question Um, and we'll answer it for you on the show other than that guys that is all we have so enjoy the week six slate of games and until then have a great time and stay safe bye bye HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.